the skincare world is like a minefield. There's always a new product, there's always a new gadget coming out. It's hard to know which products are actually non-toxic and are going to deliver powerful outcomes. Don't worry, I've got you covered. From a list of over 250 skincare, hair care, makeup, hair, skin, nail supplements, grooming supplies, dribble rollers, and dermal rolling serums, I've got you covered. All of these products are pre-vetted by me and are free of parabens, salate sulfates, artificial dyes, and fragrances. Head on over to the shop page at theschoolofradiance.com. If you'd like some customized guidance, which I highly recommend, be sure to book your one-on-one -on -one session. Use promo code PODCAST15, and I look forward to connecting with you over at theschoolofradiance.com. Enjoy today's episode on the School of Radiance podcast. Welcome to the Rachel Varga podcast. I'm your host as an advanced aesthetic registered nurse. I help people all over the world figure out some of the best ways to rejuvenate their skin and kind of help them on this path of what I don't like to call anti-aging, but proactive aging. So thank you so much for joining me today. I have a very special guest. We have Diane Kayser here. And we're going to talk about some really rad things, and we're going to be focusing in this three-part series on focusing on non-toxic beauty. So in the first episode, we're going to talk about, well, what is a non-toxic beauty summit? And Diane has actually graciously invited me to speak on this, and I'm actually the closing speaker. So we're going to be sharing with you guys what that is all about and what you can learn from it. In the second episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about Diane's story and well, what is this whole breast implant illness topic all about and toxic load and all of that. So we're going to be clearing that up for you in the sec second episode so you can kind of get the straight up goods and a little bit of insight as to what some of the leading experts are saying on this topic. In episode three, Diane and I, we've discovered that we have some pretty neat common threads and we're going to be sharing with you guys what makes us really rad women. And we're sharing this stuff with you guys in an effort to help you learn how to challenge yourself and build confidence. So it's going to be a really fun series and I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. So without further ado, let's get started. All right, Dan, here's the story that I've been wanting to get out of you for so long. And I actually just recently had one of my friends locally feel like she went through this as well. And it's a huge area of controversy around breast implant illness. I was at a recent conference in San Diego and there was a plastic surgeon giving a presentation on it saying that the data at this point is inconclusive, that uh, breast implant illness really is a number of different types of symptoms. And there just needs to be some more information around this. And I would just really love to hear from you, your thoughts on this. And also, if you are feeling unwell with, you know, anything that's implanted in your body, you're having pain, you're having symptoms that you're just not too sure about, ask your healthcare provider, ask your physician, because that can be a clue that your body's telling you, you know, something's just a little bit off. And so Dan, take it away. What's your story? And what is this whole breast implant illness topic all about? Yeah. Well, I'll start by saying that um, we are the studies right now. And we, meaning women who have had breast implants for 
short amount of time. Some women have had them for 30 years and have never changed them. And we're not told back then that we're, we should be getting a new pair every 10 years. But this is the data that's just now coming out that, oh, I didn't hear it was supposed to. When I got my breast implants in 10 years ago, I was, I was definitely advised it's probably a good idea. And maybe it was because I asked a question I can't remember during my consultation is it's a good idea to go in and ask the question of, okay, do these things last forever? Um, am I supposed to replace them? And we don't think to ask all of these questions. There's a lot of things, right? So we live and we learn, but there are hundreds of thousands of women now in Facebook groups that are coming together going, Oh, I have those symptoms too. Oh, you have those symptoms too. So we actually have come together and we've created a a constellation of symptoms that replicate what a lot of women are experiencing with breast implant illness. So we've actually kind of created this. This is not something that the medical industry has created. They haven't come together and said, this is a, a classification of symptoms that women experience. So we put it together on our own. And what I've learned in my journey is that a lot of the women that I've worked with uh, my, in my own practice have had these same symptoms. The ones that have the most issues, I will say, are women who have had autoimmune disease, uh, whether that was diagnosed or not is different, but definitely a history of autoimmune disease, um, medical history, family history of autoimmune disease. Because when you really think about what is autoimmune disease, it is the body that responds to a foreign invader. And breast implants, they're foreign invaders. And they, inside of them, we tend to think, okay, silicone breast implants, they're full of silicone. That's it, right? but that's not true. Inside of the implant, there's 30 plus different kinds of chemicals, heavy metals, et cetera. Um, BPA, which is plastic, silicone is one of them. And inside of these things, you think, well, okay, they're never going to, they're going to stay intact. That's assuming they stay intact, but high percentages of these things end up rupturing. They end up leaking or they end up bleeding. And the longer that you've had them in, the higher odds of them bleeding or breaking. And I've seen this happen very often in my practice. In fact, several women who have actually had ruptures within one to two years thereafter were diagnosed with lupus, MS, Hashimoto's, Raynaud's, rheumatoid arthritis. I can keep going on with different kinds of autoimmune diseases. So of course, like anything else, it's going to be different, but you add that to this big toxic load and that's when we start to see problems because a bad diet, or maybe they're a super clean diet, but they have not so clean thoughts and they're beating themselves up, or they're over-exercising, they're doing toxic beauty treatments, toxic beauty care products, uh, they're dyeing their hair all the time, they work in an environment that's super toxic, and it becomes this just big toxic load that eventually overflows. And these ones, you know, breast implants live inside of us versus things that we put on our skin about 60 to 70% of which become part of our bloodstream within like a minute or so. so but that's still a, a constant assault, right? Versus maybe foods that are in and out. So we are in, a, in living in an age where we're using thousands of toxic chemicals on a pretty regular basis. And unfortunately, the breast implants live inside of us. So it's a totally different story. What I wanted to ask you was regarding autoimmune diseases. And I know that one of my guidelines whenever I'm offering someone a rejuvenation treatment is that, you know, I have to ask them, do you have any history of autoimmune diseases and a number of other things. And when you're considering having rejuvenation procedures, such as a laser treatment or hyaluronic acid injectables, so on and so forth, you should only ever do these things when you're feeling well. And like you said, sometimes people can 
get a diagnosis of an autoimmune dis- disorder afterwards. So it's hard to know if they had it before or if their implants and toxic load was a contributing factor. But just as a general rule of thumb, you know, don't even really get any type of treatment when you're not feeling well if it's an elective procedure. And that's really a guideline in the the medical rejuvenation field as well. So Dan, when did you realize that you had reached your toxic threshold? How did you feel? What were your symptoms? And what intuition did you have that, you know, your, your implants were part of that? Yeah, good question. To your point about the autoimmune disease is it, is it does take, you know, for the work of Dr. Tom O'Brien, my friend who I did interview for the summit, and it could take 10 to 15, sometimes 20 years to properly get a diagnosis of an autoimmune disease in Western medicine. So just know that, that you might feel like you have these autoimmune disease symptoms and you might feel like you're banging your head against the wall trying to get a diagnosis and you don't. And so I'd also like to say that if you do get a diagnosis, I see a lot of people get a diagnosis and they're like, yay, I finally know what the problem is now. But that's not the problem. It's just a diagnosis. And so the next question to ask is, well, why is this disease here? How did it get here? And how can I heal it? How can I treat the root cause of it? and reverse it because you can. So know that too. Um, I, I would hope that we don't get relief just because we have a diagnosis. It's just a definition. So the next question is, well, how did I get here? And that's what happened with me is that I've been an FDN now for eight years, which means I run advanced diagnostic labs on, on my clients. I um, recommend a nutrition plan that looks like it would be good for them based on their lifestyle, based on the labs, and also look at all the things that might be toxic in their lives, including their thoughts. So I was doing the same thing with myself and I was the cleanest eater that I knew. I was detoxing a lot. I had an infrared sauna. I was doing coffee enemas, which sounds extreme and advanced for some people, but I was desperate when I was getting to the point of feeling very ill. Um, I was biohacking uh, a ton. I was spending tens of thousands of dollars trying to figure out what's wrong with me and see I'm itching right now, which is probably bringing me back to the moment where I first realized that I had a problem. I was constantly itching. I could not stop itching. Um, it got so bad, and this is probably about four years ago, it got so bad that I was waking up in the middle of the night, itching until I bled. Um, I had super puffy eyes. When you have puffiness, you know you have lymphatic congestion, which could be infection or toxicity. So I was like, well, what's going on in my gut? So I ran some more tests, and I had high levels of candida, parasites, bacteria. My toxic scores were still high. I had high heavy metals. And I have been doing this cleansing routine now for five years. I've been on a gut healing protocol for five years and my hormones were still off. My cortisol, which is my stress hormone was tanked. I had estrogen dominance, which means you have more estrogen than, than progesterone. doesn't mean that you have high estrogen necessarily. It just means that it's high relative to progesterone. And usually when I see this in labs, it's because we have a high level of what's called xenoestrogens in the body. And those are toxins. Those are things that look like estrogen in the body like plastics and pesticides and parabens. And when you have high levels of xenoestrogen in the body, then you go on a, a xenoestrogen cleanse. So you start taking things like supplements, like methane, and you eat like copious amounts of, of cauliflower and kale and, and, and cabbage and broccoli, and which all of which I was doing. And I'm like, I'm doing all the things. Why do I still have terrible lab results? Like, this is insane. What's going on? And so I cleaned up my beauty care routine. I changed my cosmetics. I changed the skincare. I got super clean. Um, so now I'm, 
I'm on good supplements. I'm cleansing all the time. I'm eating super healthy. I'm exercising all the time. I'm, I'm um, doing the clean routines on my face. And I'm like, I don't know if I, I've kind of run out of choices and options here. And I'm what I would consider an advanced diagnostic practitioner. What do I do now? And so I ended up going to the hospital multiple times, urgent care multiple times, started taking prednisone, living in shame that I'm this practitioner and I can't figure my own puzzle out. So first round of prednisone, didn't do much of anything, ended up getting a, a terrible UTI. Then they gave me bacteria, um, antibacteria, antibiotics, but didn't test the bacteria. So I also recommend if you have UTIs. If they're going to give you any antibiotics at all, make sure they culture your, your lab results to see if that antibiotic is effective on that specific strain. So that didn't work. So now I'm on antibiotics and prednisone. It didn't work. And I'm taking antihistamines and I'm itching all over again. It feels like there's bugs crawling under my skin. At the time, I had also done the, the toxic form of Botox. So, and then I dyed my hair pink. <laughs> so I didn't know. I had no idea that all this toxic load would do this to my body. Go back again, second round of prednisone. It finally calmed things down, but at that point, my skin was aging. Still had no clue it was my breast implants. A couple of my girlfriends had written articles about breast implant illness, and I just didn't want to see them. Did you I have still any like, pain or, or anything locally to the area ever? That's where I was just going. Good question. Okay. So I was like, I, what I was thinking is what we think is like, we go local. Well, there's nothing wrong with my breasts. Like they don't hurt. They're not deformed. They're not leaking. I don't have, I'm not lactating from them. Um, and they didn't appear to be moving and I didn't feel like there was anything wrong with them. So I was like, Oh, everything's fine with my boobs. Right. And so that's, and I left it alone. Then I started hearing more about my friends who were suffering with breast implant illness that said it had nothing to do with my breasts. I got a thermogram done and the thermogram is like, I, I, I wouldn't say that it's an alternative to a mammogram. I think that there are safer ways to do mammograms as well, like ultrasounds, which I had done. Um, when I got to this point of like, is it my breasts? Is it my breast implants? So I did a thermogram and it showed, it shows heat frequency throughout the body. We do talk about this in the summit as well, like how to have healthy breasts, how to palpate your breasts, how to love on your breasts how to move lymphatic drainage in your breast so that you reduce odds of cancer, um, improve also your holistic beauty in that area. So anyway, I saw all kinds of red, which on that kind of a scan says inflammation. And I found lumps on that thermogram. And I was like, uh-oh. And then one day, and I never touched myself. I, you should definitely please touch your breasts every day, ladies. I was sitting in my sauna, and this was like the moment for me. So fast forward two years after these, you know, using prednisone and everything. I thought I was fine after that. But then I was sitting in my sauna and that's when my breasts started getting bigger. They were getting, they were super inflamed. They, I had what's called cap contracture, which happens to a lot of women, which means that your shell, the shell that your body forms around the implants, because the body goes, ah, these are not native. So it, we, your body is so amazing, so intuitive, so intelligent. It's trying to protect you from these non-human things that are breast implants filled with 30 plus chemicals, your body forms these shells around it to protect you from them. So they are as far as non-touching you as possible. And inside of that gets trapped lots of bacteria that could cause acne that no amount of antibiotics can get to. So my breasts were about a size E and I had bought D's. So they were inflamed. 
I, I, I was, saw this also on my MRI. I saw this on um, my um, ultrasound, which are things that I did to prepare me for my explant. And I came home and I was feeling my breast and I found the lumps. And that to me is when everything changed because I thought, what if I gave myself cancer? Like, what if I'm dying? What if in the name of beauty, I literally am killing myself? And in my pool of sweat, in my sauna, there came the tears, there came the snot, and I was on the floor just losing it, holding myself and apologizing myself in ways that I've never felt. And that's when I took a big turn and I pivoted and I said, body, it's time that I'm here for you now. I, I will never take advantage of you ever again. You're so beautiful as you are. And I'm so grateful that you've protected me the way that you have. And I'm so, I'm so honored that you would communicate to me in the way that you have with symptoms. I'm going to listen now. I'm going to listen instead of covering up your, the symptoms with anti-everythings. And I'm going to ask you what you need with these symptoms. And I'm going to give you what you need. And I'm going to give you space. I'm going to give you time. I'm going to give you peace. And I'm going to give you the quiet. And I'm going to give you the nature. Whatever you need, I'm going to listen now. I'm going to listen. I'm here for you. Thank you so much for sharing that. That uh, I had no idea that that was your experience. And even if you don't have breast implants, say you are leading a life that you know you're on the you know the the rat race. You're hitting the ground running every single day. Just things like that in in our daily living can really impact our bodies. And I think it's just so critical, like what you how you concluded your story just to really be grateful for our body. Our body is a temple and we get one body and let's take really great care of it. And when we do that, we are going to look great in the process. And how much better do you feel now? Mm. Everything's changed, Rachel. Everything's changed. And I had no idea. I mean, at first it was scary because it's this identity crisis, right? You know, you go from whatever it is the story that you had, like the story I had about my double D's was that it was what is what I, I thought I needed to attract a man into my life. It was what I did as like I thought is what I needed to win uh, when I was a bikini competitor, 10% body fat. And so I had to find my beauty inside after that. Like, who am I without my breast implants? Who am I when I'm not cheating? You know? Uh, so if you really think about it, your breast implants, if you have them are right over your heart. And so I was disconnected from my heart and I couldn't hug people with my heart when I hugged them. When we hugged yeah. you the first time, you're like, I'm hugging you with my heart. I thought it was so I dear. <laughs> I was so, because I just had it done and I was like, oh my gosh, I can hug you with my heart. It just felt so good. And I felt connected. And I feel like I'm the hugs that I give to myself are the hugs that I can give others and, and I can receive from others and, and, a, and a less less defensive. I don't, I feel like I don't have this like defender shield over my heart. So that's a big spiritual gift that I've given myself by removing them. But my hormone labs, I just got my hormone labs back after six months of not having these implants. And oh my, my sex hormones are so robust and powerful. Um, my methylation, which is basically means detoxification pathways are open that I've never seen them so solid. Like they have an A now instead of like a D. If you were to score my, <laughs> if you were to score my labs, like their report card, um, 
everything has gotten better in terms of what I can see on my labs. And those are the things that I can actually show someone, you know, as proof. But as far as the things that I've attracted into my life is new levels of love, authentic levels of love. I, I wrote a book. It's coming out soon, Overcoming Breast Implant Illness. We can share that later. I've brought together 50 of these minds that and hearts that I couldn't have done this before. My energy levels were terrible. I was um, in this irritable state. I was in a state where I feel like I was retreating into my shell. I didn't want to connect with people. I was afraid. I had social anxiety. Um, I was exhausted. I, I, I didn't want one more thing to do. So now I feel like I live in abundance. I'm living in constant abundance where I, I can give in ways that I couldn't before. I see the world differently. And um, I can now look at women. I can see pain on their body. And I can feel that when they come to me. So I have this feel. It feels like unlimited space of grace that I can give to women when, and when they need to transform. But I'm not giving myself away anymore. So chemically, emotionally, spiritually, biologically, everything has radically improved. Everything. And I'm still on a journey. You know, I'm still detoxing. <laughs> Some of the labs that you mentioned, if people want to do a little bit of a check-in with themselves, and even if they don't have implants or if they have implants, where can people find providers that can offer these labs and go through them with them, their results? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I do. And I've had, let's see, in the last couple of years, we had hundreds of women come through our program. It's called Cleanse Heal Ignite Qi, which is also Chinese medicine for the life force energy that flows through you. And one thing that women don't have if they have breast implants, or even if they don't have breast implants, they just have poor methylation or detoxification pathways, we don't, we don't circulate well. So that means that your qi has been stalled. So qi is cleanse your body, heal your hormones, ignite your life. And we look at those labs. We look at your gut. We look at your hormones. We look at your toxicity and to see what things are faring and how they all correlate with each other. So I say if you're going to work with a coach, it doesn't have to be me, but that's one thing that we do in our team. And we've had women come to us from over 15 countries because we ship our labs to people. Um, we've had lots of women come to us who are leaders or women who just want to learn for themselves better, lead their family better. Um, and these labs are very, very deep. So um, a protocol is only as good as a practitioner who knows how to read the labs and to correlate all of them. And I say, if you're going to work with anybody, work with somebody who has three E's, education, experience, and empathy. Because if you're working with somebody who hasn't been through what you've been through, it's kind of like saying, hey, can you give me some directions? And they've never, ever read the map on how to get there. So they can hypothesize the best way. But there's a lot of people trying to get advice from people who've never been through what they've been through. And going through the journey of removing their implants or just whatever journey it is that someone wants to get where they want to go. Like Rachel, someone would say to you, you're, like I said to you one day, you're beautiful. What are you doing? Teach me your ways. <laughs> and somebody would come to me and say, you've seen this to their side. Can you shine a light on this dark path? I don't want to be lost. I want to go from A to B very quickly. I don't want to waste time. I don't want to waste money. I don't want to waste energy that I don't have. So we make it really simple for people. And if there's other labs we need to do, we do them with them. These are not things that if you went to your standard practitioner, your GP, and said, hey, can I get these labs? They'd be like, and if I had this happen a lot, Rachel, where my clients, they go to their thyroid doctor, their endocrinologist, and they're like, hey, I ran these labs with this curly dying case. She's an FDN, and look at this lab. Will you look at this? And they go, oh, that's too much information. That's too complicated. 
And they're like, well, okay, can we do some blood work? Can you check my thyroid to see if I have nodules still? And they're like, oh yeah, I guess we can do that because it's not just about the labs. It's about the person walking you back to your heart because they have a big one themselves. Mm -hmm. That's actually one of the reasons why I decided to show up and do this work online is because when I first started to really want to take care of myself when I was about 25 and I, I had my first rejuvenation procedure and I thought, you know what, I feel like that whole assessment, education, what to do after, I feel like it should have been a lot more thorough. And then I was that person going on YouTube and Google and trying to figure out what to do for this or that or how to speed up, you know, this, that or the other thing. And it's so hard to get the right information because when I sort of pretend to be the patient now and I start Googling, there's so much misinformation out there. And one of the whole points of this podcast is to bring other health experts to you listening to help you investigate different aspects of your life that, you know, you could shed a little light on, right? And so we're talking about the physical aspects of looking at our labs for different things like our hormones, our heavy metals, you know, what is our body doing to detox itself? Is there something that we can do to assist it along the way? So that's what this is all about. I'm all about providing resources for you guys because it's really hard to know what is truth and what isn't truth. And at the end of the day, when you just create your team of healers, sort of like your village of healers, they kind of know your baseline. And when you go through a little bit of a health blip, like I have, um, I was recently rear-ended and have been dealing with a number of things like pain all the time, but I have my team of healers. And today I have actually um, not really had a lot of pain, which is great. So it's progress, but you have to work with, with people that are experts in their own right, you're never going to be able to Google or YouTube what the experts have gone to school for for many, many, many years and have attended ongoing conferences for and, and all of that. So Dan, what advice would you give your younger self? I have a picture in my bathroom and it's a picture of my five-year-old self. And she's there all the time. I wake up to her every morning and I say, good morning, Diane. And it's like an invitation to play because I don't have children, but my inner child is fierce and she's fiery and she has so much fun and she's magic. And she's the one that saves me a lot when I'm taking life too seriously. It would be the advice that I would give to my 13 year old self because my 13 year old self is the one who is very bossy. She's very mouthy and she can come in handy sometimes, but I think she's the one that needs the most amount of work because she's the one that when I and we all have this age, like what age were you, you know, when you were, uh, when you felt the most amount of shame about your body and for a lot of us, it's high school. So I would go back to her and I've done so much of this work, so much talking to her. And this is what I love teaching my clients is to go back regression therapy and talk to your, you know, reparent yourself in a way that you didn't get parenting as a, as a child. And I would tell her that she didn't need to wear low cut shirts to get attention. <laughs> I would tell her that she didn't need to act like Kylie. <laughs> See, we all have like that one friend in school that everybody else picked before you. And you, you don't need to alter your body in order to get the attention. You've always been this light. You lit up a room without having anything to do with your physical body. And here we are full circle and hearing that from many people. It's, it's your smile that makes you radiant. It's your, it's your 
it's your fierce nature and your willingness to provide your heart and give your heart and help others that makes you beautiful. And that, gosh, it's, it's kind of heavy when I think about how much numbing that I, how many masks um, that I wore. And so I would say to that Diane, that in order to feel accepted by others, it starts with acceptance of yourself because everything out there that you feel as though other people are judging you or rejecting you or abandoning you is an invitation to go inside and ask yourself what parts of you are judging you, what parts of you are abandoning you, what parts of you have you rejected that are living in the corner going, when will you let me out and have a voice? And what voice is that that's rejecting you or judging you? Who is that? Who does it remind you of? Is that your mom when you were a child? Is that a, is that a bully you, that you experienced in ninth grade? So that's the advice that I constantly give to my 13, 15 year old self when she's struggling and she's shaming herself is all right. I have a whole 12 step system that I take my clients through. And that's the advice that I give to myself. It's like, well, who is this talking to you? You know, it's not you, you know, it's someone that taught you to shame yourself this way. And you go back and you replace the story with a new one. And that's how we heal. And that's how I healed. So I hope that helps. Mm -hmm. And I know in the third episode of this three-part series, we are going to be sharing with you guys uh, some personal things. So what really makes us rad women? And I have to say, I started getting into some pretty cool, not typically feminine type of activities at a young age. And I really think that that really helped to cultivate this uh, version of myself that's very confident and likes putting myself into uncomfortable situations, which allows us to grow and, you know, have really fun experiences. So that's why I wanted to end off this episode with you asking about what advice would you give your younger self? Because in the next episode, we're going to share some things that Diane and I have both experienced that has really allowed us to be the fulfilled women that we are today and my intention with the next episode is to really help you guys kind of even where you are now just to try and do things that light you up and you know become a little bit more playful and explore your childlike sides and it's going to be a really cool episode so I can't wait to share that with you guys thanks so much for joining us today Dan thanks for having me Thank you so much for joining us in this episode on the Rachel Varka podcast with Diane Kayser and myself. We are sure that you learned a ton and we'd love to hear from you. Go ahead and reach out to me at Rachel Varga official on Facebook and Instagram. And if you head on over to my website, rachelvarga.ca, you'll see this little pop-up that gives you access to my free treatment planning guide where I just basically give you a crash course into some of my favorite rejuvenation products available today and also some awesome pre and post recovery tips just to help you navigate this whole proactive aging impossibly well. And uh, if you haven't checked out my ebook and my course on helping you understand how to age proactively, that's called Unlocking Your Vitality, and you can register for that at rachelvarga.ca. But the main reason that Diane and I are showing up on this podcast for you guys is to actually talk about the summit that Diane has graciously 
invited me to be a part of and actually I'm the closing speaker. So thank you so much, Diane, for doing the work that you do and taking the time to be on this podcast. I'm so grateful for you. Why don't you tell everybody how they can register for the summit and where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you'll provide the link on how to get access to the summit and you guys will have access to that for seven days for free from March 9th, 9th through the 16th. And if you want to keep all of them, you guys can buy them for a ridiculously low price. Rachel's gift is going to be a part of that. So you guys will have that access to that too. Uh, and then how to find me is dianekaser.com. I'm pretty easy to find. I'm the only Diane Kaser in the world. Maybe I should put official at the end of my last name. Diane Kaser. It's K-A-Z like zebra E-R. First name is D-I-A-N-E. Uh, you'll find me everywhere. Just type in Diane Kaser on Instagram. Uh, find me on Facebook. Find me on YouTube. Uh, I'm, I'm everywhere. Awesome. And one of the things I actually forgot to mention, which you brought up, is if you register for the summit, what I'm doing is actually gifting all registrants access to my ebook and course, Unlocking Your Vitality. I'm just really passionate about getting this information out there. And so the information for that is in the show notes below. All right. Thanks everybody for tuning in today. And Diane, it's been a blessing and a joy having you here. And we'll see you guys in the next episode.